Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's Tuesday, January 25th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, everyone. Hope your Tuesday is good and caffeinated like mine is so far. Uh, let's dive into what's bubbling up out there, starting with someone who just got their foot stuck in their mouth and had it publicly removed. On Sunday, the LA Times ran a feature story on a British rocker, Damon Albarn, who's known for being in bands like Blur and the Gorillas. In it, Albarn accuses Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, of not writing her own songs. And it did not take long for others in the music industry to come to Swift's defense. Taylor herself, though, clapped back swiftly with a tweet. She wrote, at Damon Albarn, I was such a big fan of yours until I saw this. I write all of my own songs. Your hot take is completely false and so damaging. You don't have to like my songs, but it's really effed up to try and discredit my writing. Wow. And she followed up that tweet with another, P.S. I wrote this tweet all by myself, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Albarn has since apologized for his unfounded remarks. And uh, don't come for T.S., y'all. She told you already. Well, I can say this, Jimmy. Okay. I've been praying to God to send me a new man. A good man. <laughs> and uh, God went ahead and sent me four in a uniform. <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting it. Now, what you just heard was last night's Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, where Tiffany Haddish broke her silence in regards to her suspected DUI arrest. In response to a 911 call at 2.30 a.m. on January 14th, police officers found the comedian in her car, allegedly asleep at the wheel. No word on what's happening with that case, but she seems to be taking it all in stride, as she does. And in big news out of Bravo, now former Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jenny Wynn has been fired from the show following racially insensitive social media posts dating back to 2020 surrounding the Black Lives Matter movement. In a statement released this afternoon, Bravo said, We recognize we failed to take appropriate action once her offensive social media posts were brought to our attention. And Bravo concluded, Moving forward, we will work to improve our processes to ensure we make better informed and more thoughtful casting decisions. Now, I'm not caught up on this season like I should be, but if her comments are verified, I say bravo on the part of the network. Well, I would like to start today off with a headline that is finally really bubbling up after it was first reported a month ago. Lauren Smith-Fields, a 23-year-old Black student at Norwalk Community College and an entrepreneur, was found dead on the floor of her apartment in Bridgeport, Connecticut, after a bumble date with a white man and her family, mainly her mom, Chantel Fields, and her brother, Lakeem Jetter, have been in anguish over the lack of attention the Bridgeport police police department is giving to this case, and they are using their voices to make sure justice is served. Joining us to discuss is People's Crime Editor, Chris Harris, to help me unpack the details. Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Of course, anytime. 
Well, can you tell us a little bit more about who Lauren Smithfields was? Lauren Smithfields, she was found dead December 12th, 2021, obviously. She was a TikTok influencer, beautiful young woman. She went out with uh, uh, some guy uh, the night before. Uh, she was found the next morning, unresponsive, not breathing. The person who called 911, the guy who took her on the date the previous night, had said that he saw her bleeding from the nose and that she wasn't breathing. And now it's just sort of one of those stories that's uh, getting a lot more attention because the police really didn't follow through here. Yeah, the, the Bridgeport Police Department first ruled out the gentleman that she went on a date with as a suspect um, kind of immediately. And Lauren's brother, Lakeem, went to the police saying, quote, you know who this guy is, what is going on? And the detective responded, quote, he is a nice guy. Don't worry about it. So we keep seeing this, you know, a lot of how, you know, people are having to have these cries for help and, and go to social media when black and brown victims are involved in some of these crimes to try to raise it to the level of national attention. And that's what's happened in this case. So so what do you know about how this whole story began? Apparently they spent the night drinking. They were eating. Uh, they watched a movie at one point. Lauren went outside to meet with somebody, and this guy says she later fell ill, but they kept drinking. She eventually fell asleep, uh, and the date carried on to her bed where, you know, he, he let her sleep. You know, he went to sleep next to her. He woke up the next day, he says, and, and she wasn't breathing. So it's almost like they just took this guy's word for it, and, uh, and that's what was in the incident report. It really, there was really no kind of even questioning that, that what this guy was saying was true. It was kind of written as fact, which was disturbing. Yeah. And, and and her brother, Tavar Gray Smith, told CBS Mornings like what the detective had said to them. And, and he said that we didn't need to reach out to any family member. We had her passport and her ID. So we knew who she was and had already performed an autopsy and her body is at the medical examiner's office. So there was a lack in even communicating oh, yeah. what had happened to the family because... You know, they said, oh, we, we had all of her identification as well, right? The family literally went to check on her because they couldn't get in touch with her. And when they showed up at her doorstep, there was a note on the door from the landlord. They went and talked to the landlord, and he basically let them know. Ugh. Usually the police, when, when someone in your family dies, they call you. But yeah, it was two days after uh, she was found dead. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Wow. And, and one of the things that's just really surfacing in the midst of this is, is people, you know, saying... Let's have the roles reversed. This has become extremely racialized just in its essence. And had this been a 23-year-old young white college student who had gone on a Bumble date with a black man, uh, would this exact same mm. sequence of events have happened? And a lot of people feel like absolutely not, right? I think, yeah, they obviously should have handled this case regardless of her race. A 23-year-old woman died. They didn't really yep. even have the toxicology report back yet to say how she died. They didn't know how she died, and yet they were saying it was an accident. No, maybe treat it like, you know, it could be something a little more serious, maybe like a crime. Because they didn't even know uh, what, the, what the cause of death was until yesterday. So it was ruled yesterday, you know, by Connecticut's office of the chief medical examiner that the cause of death for Lauren was acute intoxication due to the combined effects of fentanyl, promethazine, hydroxyzine, and alcohol, and it was accidental. That's the ruling. So how does this affect the case, if at all, you know, when it comes to 
potential suspects and, and the date and all of that? And, and, and does this change the family's fight for justice in any way? I think it is not beyond the realm of possibility that criminal charges will be filed. You don't have to intend to kill somebody. You just have to be negligent. Mm. As this story keeps developing, uh, Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannam said the city's Office of Internal Affairs will conduct a full and fair investigation into the handling of her death. And he said, quote, sensitivity and care is of utmost importance when working with the family of a victim. There is no tolerance for anything less than respect and sensitivity for family members and their loss. And when it comes to Lauren's mom, Chantel, she did not Mint's words, sharing what she is hoping for. So let's take a listen to her. I want them to give us answers and don't and don't discard us like we're rubbish. I mean, this this whole police force from the top to the bottom needs to be revamped. Wow. Well, my heart truly goes out to her. And Chris, I'm, I'm just wondering what other actions are the family taking to seek justice for Lauren right now? Well, they have an attorney, and he has already let the city know that they intend to file a lawsuit to try to get justice for uh, Lauren. Right now, there's a GoFundMe campaign that's been essentially set up to help fund that legal battle to, to help get justice for her. They're out there. They're speaking to the press. They're highlighting the obvious disparity here and how the ha- case was handled. They're going after the, the city of Bridgeport. They're saying that you violated our civil rights, you violated her civil rights, and the police weren't really, you know, sensitive to to the situation from the get-go. Well, thank you so much for, for speaking with me today, Chris. It is not easy to keep reporting on stories like these, so I appreciate all of your attention to the details, and, and I'll be watching for how it plays out. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Well, guys, Tuesdays are for tacos, but they're also a great day for trivia. Why? Because I said so. Uh, I want to see what you guys are working with, and the category is music. You know how musical artists are always looking for new ways to innovate? Well, what Rock and Roll Hall of Famer was sued by his own record label for making unrepresentative albums, becoming the only modern recording artist to be sued for basically being themselves? Guess, don't Google, and find out the answer after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I am back now and time is up. So here's the answer to your Tuesday trivia. In the 1980s, the singer in question was sued by his label because basically they didn't like his albums. But he filed a countersuit citing, you know, having total artistic freedom over his own records. That singer... 
two-time Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee Neil Young, who eventually got an apology from Geffen before making two more albums with them. And Mr. Neil Young still isn't playing when it comes to his music. He just wrote an open letter to his team demanding the removal of his music from Spotify after hearing Joe Rogan, whose hit podcast is exclusively on Spotify, has been spreading vaccine misinformation. Young said they can have Rogan or Young, but not both. Ladies, Clayton, this is the final rose of the evening. You ready? I am excited to have our next guest on to talk all things Bachelor because I am no expert, but she sure is. The hit show is in the midst of its 26th season featuring Mr. Clayton Eckerd, a quite muscular medical sales rep from Missouri who's looking for love. So we're going to get into the latest on him, and we also have to talk about the latest Bachelor Nation breakup that has everybody talking. So joining me now is Bachelor Nation royalty. You know her best from Chris Soule's season and from Bachelor in Paradise, where she met her eventual hubby, Jared Haven. And she and Ben Higgins have the popular Almost Famous podcast, where they cover relationship hot topics together. I'm talking about the lovely Ashley Iaconetti. She's here. Hi. That was such a lovely intro. Thank you so much. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. I'm excited to have you on. Uh, Well, before we jump into anything, you yourself have a lot going on. You're about to have a baby. Congratulations. How are you feeling? Legit, like any second, um, I'm scared. <laughs> That's what I'm feeling. <laughs> like it could happen any day. Um, We're ready to go. February 10th is my due date, but I just know, and I've like known in my gut that there's no way I'm lasting till then. Oh my gosh, you are on the precipice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, congratulations. That's super exciting. Thanks. Uh, we, I mean, we reported recently that that you and Jared settled on the name Dawson, which I love for multiple reasons. I'm a huge Dawson's Creek fan myself, but it actually comes from another, like, 90s favorite pop culture moment, right? Yes, it's Jack Dawson from Titanic. Mm-hmm. My favorite movie forever and ever. I knew when I saw it when I was 10, I was like, nothing is beating this. <laughs> ever. My husband, you know, he loves the sound of the name Dawson. Of course, I'm not going to name it after a character unless I love the, the sound of the name. And I love that. I also loved that movie. It kind of changed my life when I saw it. It was doesn't so amazing. It, doesn't it, didn't it change every girl in the 90s life? Come on. But yeah. um, speaking of, of Jack, I'll never let go. Let's talk about what was let go of last night on <laughs> The Bachelor. Uh, last night's episode kicked off with Clayton confronting contestant Cassidy about having a friend with benefits. We're not going to talk about what those benefits were, but initially she denied it and ultimately confessed to it, and he sent her home. Uh, but what are your thoughts on all of this? I tend to think that, like, Bachelor contestants, they're in their 20s, they're in their early 30s, they're mm-hmm. dating, they're interested in finding someone. Doesn't everybody kind of have someone in the back of their mind that they might revisit when they get home? I think most people probably have something along the lines of it. Somebody they're casually dating, somebody that they're they're thinking of. They were always thinking of somebody um, until you're 
you know, found your person, I feel like, or at least that was my experience. Until the guy says, okay, you need to lock it down or vice versa. Or, you know, whoever says, your partner says, you need to lock this down, shut it down. This is it. Like, until we're official, what am I? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So, like, when you go and you're one of 30 girls, I think it's fine to have someone you're thinking about at home. As long as it's not, like, an official boyfriend. Of course, if you're in a full-blown relationship, or you have somebody at home that you like really think is going to be like the one they're ready to commit you're ready to commit that's a different story I completely agree you are literally deciding between 30 women and I can't yeah. have you know a friend that I yeah. can call up on a, a lonely night <laughs> so we're a few episodes in how do you think Clayton is doing so far I think Clayton's doing pretty well I do think that he really wants to find love. And I think that he's serious about this. I just don't think we know him enough right now to really care who he ends up with. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, we know Clayton can kiss because he's, you know, kind of been making the rounds, right? (laughs) He certainly has almost kissed everyone. Well, Well, switching gears a bit, we have some sad breakup news. Marissa and Riley, who made history as the first Black couple to get engaged on the show, told people yesterday that they ended things. I am so sad to hear this. What are, what are your thoughts? Well, the writing was on the wall over the past couple of weeks. Um, ben and I on the Almost Famous podcast were kind of s- speculating it because she had deleted all her pictures of him mm. or at least through October. So there was like not much of a trace of Riley on her social media feeds for the past couple months. Okay. He did have a picture of her from like Christmas. So we know that is, you know, relatively a fresh breakup, but it is so sad. They were very cute together. And it's, it's just crazy that we went from late September, the two of them doing Sunday morning French toast together, being super sexy. And now... It's over. Oh, I guess things happen and and fans are are, are really kind of heartbroken over this one. But who knows? You know, maybe they'll find their way back to each other. I want to ask you about Kevin. Your your ex just welcomed a baby with his partner. You're pregnant as well. Such happy news. I mean, do you guys still speak at all? And I know fans are, are just picking up on the fact that you both, you know, are becoming parents and have your happy endings. No, we don't talk, but I am so happy for them. And it made me think about all the Bachelor in Paradise babies there are. (laughs) There are eight in existence. That's a lot. That's crazy. Eight lives that wouldn't be here today if it weren't for Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, Really happy for the two of them. He was always, like, very much into the idea of being a father, um, something that he looked forward to so much. And um, also congratulations to our friends, Raven and Adam, who had a baby last week, you yes. know, one of the Bachelor babies, one of the Bachelor Paradise babies. Uh, it's been fun to be pregnant with Raven. We've gone back and forth multiple times in texts and Instagram DMs and stuff like, what are you experiencing now? What are you experiencing now? And <laughs> she like texted you when she got to the hospital. It's been really nice to like have somebody who was so close in pregnancy as me. We're two weeks apart. Oh, my goodness. Days. So excited for you guys. And and thank you so much for taking the time out in such like a a very busy time for you. Oh, it's okay. Thank you. It's a distraction from the terror. (laughs) Well, thanks again for listening to us today. And now for a People exclusive sneak peek into tomorrow's show. 
I, in a million years, never thought that they would relaunch this series. We did. That's, of course, the unmistakable Courtney Cox. No, Friends isn't coming back, you guys. But you'll want to listen in tomorrow to hear what she tells people about her Friends co-stars and what happened during that epic hang they had last year on the big orange couch. Also, you'll hear how her approach to parenting daughter Coco has changed over the years and why now is the right time to revisit the iconic Scream franchise. It's updated. It's it's gorier. It's um, it's still funny with great actors, but I just loved it. I just thought I loved the experience and then I wanted to do it again. You'll hear everything Courtney Cox has to say and more right here on People Every Day. Have a good one. <laughs> 